Why won't government just treat Christian families like every other family when it comes to education? Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Did you know we also post these episodes as an audio podcast? Uh, We're on all the major platforms. Just go there and search for First Liberty Live, and you can listen on the go, whether you're in the car or on the treadmill or whatever. If you just want to tune in, all the episodes are there, easy to find. Justin Butterfield is our brilliant Deputy General Counsel here at First Liberty Institute. He also plays bagpipes. Always have to throw that in because it's just a cool, fun fact. Hi, Justin. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for making time for today. We can almost summarize this case in one word, California, because you just know when you hear that, oh, we see where this is headed. Help us understand what's happening to some homeschooling families there when it comes to charter schools. Sure. So you're right. A a lot of our cases, unfortunately, can be summarized as California. And in this case, you could summarize it as California decides they're better than the Supreme Court. So First Liberty has had, um, as you are aware, several major Supreme Court wins recently. One of those was a case called Carson v. Macon, in which the U.S. Supreme Court said that when a parent uh, is able to use state funds for their own educational choices, the, the government can't tell that parent that they're not allowed to use those funds for religious purposes. They can't, the state can't discriminate against families in their education, use of educational funds just because they're religious. And that came out of Maine, but it applies to the whole country. That's right. It's, it's based in the United States Constitution. The, the United States Supreme Court decided that it applies to the entire country. And unfortunately, um, schools in California say, well, that's Maine. This is California, so it doesn't apply here, which is just ridiculous. But unfortunately, California is is committed to doing the wrong thing. Help us understand what the families were connected with there in California and what they're asking for. So California has has kind of a unique system in which they have charter schools that provide homeschool opportunities. So the way it works is you're a family, you want to homeschool, but you partner with a charter school and you're you're technically a, a student at the charter school. The charter school allows the parents to select a curriculum to teach the student as they want and then the charter school just provides support for those parents except the charter schools have been telling the parents you can't use religious material we're not going to pay for religious material um, some of them are saying we're not going to accept any work for credit that includes religious content huh. things that are unconstitutional the supreme court has repeatedly said are not permissible that are discriminatory against people because of their faith and california is just charging ahead because um, of california's blaine amendment so justin who are we representing tell us about the families involved sure so we are representing three families throughout california who have been working with these charter schools for years um, the Woolard's family, the Gonzalez's family, and the Dodson's family. And, um, you know, they've been homeschooling their kids. They rely on, on this support from the charter school system. Um, one of the families, uh, the, the Woolard's, have five children. One of them is a special needs child. And this, you know, being able to have the state help them in getting the curriculum that they need for their family has been really instrumental for them. So let me read it back to you to make sure I'm understanding this. This is one you can't, this is a hard case to summarize in one sentence. I mean, when you hear it. So California homeschool families, the state has charter schools and a lot of homeschool families, for example, look to additional help when it comes to certain uh, curriculum areas because they don't feel expert in teaching it. I Mm -hmm. get that. We homeschool, so I know exactly what that's about. 
the charter schools though are government run and they're saying oh but if you're buying religious curriculum and i understand it goes it's not just teaching theology this is anything to do with anything religious right that they're rejecting that and saying oh those classes don't count you can't credit them toward high school graduation and we're not paying for it. That's right, and it's not even that the charter schools are having to teach any of it. The parents are the ones doing the che teaching. Um, huh. all, all they're wanting from the state is for the state, when they tell the parents, okay, you're allowed to use state funds to buy your curriculum. Yeah. Um, all they're wanting is to be treated equal and being able to select whatever curriculum is best for their family, even if that's a religious curriculum. <laughs> and the state is saying, you know, even if it's math, even if, if you know, the, the homework is, what is one plus one? Well, if that comes from a secular curriculum, they'll pay for it. If it comes from a religious curriculum, the exact same assignment, the state won't pay for it. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense because of California, right? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that's so, the answer to a lot of these puzzles here, California. So, so the charter school is a source of curriculum for the family, but it's not a classroom at the charter school. They're actually taking it home to teach it. Right. It, it, other than the fact that the charter school is providing financing for the curriculum, yeah. and they're checking attendance, and things like that and making sure that the students are actually doing work. Um, beyond that, the charter school is not involved. It's the parents teaching it, the parents selecting the curriculum, the parents making the decisions that are best for their family. People on the other side of this issue would say it's the government's money so the government can choose how to spend it the way that it wants to do that. From a legal perspective, why is that the wrong view? So the Supreme Court has been very clear that the government cannot say we will cover will pay for anything so long as it's not religious. The government can pay for things that it wants to, but it cannot use that as an opportunity to discriminate against people of faith. Yeah. And that's exactly what California is doing here. Uh, it's the same thing that Maine has did, and the Supreme Court said, no, you're not allowed to do that. It's the same thing that Montana did, and the Supreme Court said, no, you're not allowed to do that. But California is saying, well, that's Maine, that's Montana, we're California, so we're, you know, we're different. Our, our state starts with a C instead of an M, so those laws don't <laughs> apply here. And we happen to be on the other coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a related question. Why should the families win? Uh, what argument are going, going to be making that will win the day for them? So it's, again, very much uh, what we've already prevailed on in Carson, that the government can't treat families differently just because they want to follow, um, have a religious education. They want to select something that uh, comports with their faith and that's best for their family. And the key to this, at least I'm not a lawyer, but when I hear it, it's the parents making the decision on what the curriculum is, not the government. And that should put it in a different category, right? Exactly. To me. Exactly. It's the parents making the choice for what is best for their families, and the government should stay out of that. So where are we on the case? Uh, there's going to be a progression here. What step are we on right now? That's right. So we filed the lawsuit. We've, we filed the complaint, and um, the, the California Department of Education and the schools have responded. And so now we're, we're looking at what's going to be our next steps um, based on the response that we've, we've just received from them. So it's very early, got a long very time. early, yep. It, it could potentially be quite a while. Now, Justin, I, I know you wouldn't bring this up, but uh, you got your law degree from Harvard. You True. served for a couple of years in the administration as a senior advisor for conscience and religious freedom at the Department of Health and Human Services. You could be doing a lot of things. You've got an impressive resume. You, you really are a brilliant guy, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, he's awesome at what he does. You choose to be here at First Liberty talking to a know-nothing like me. Why do you choose to be here? Why is your heart in this? Well, you know, religious liberty is really the fundamental freedom for all Americans. Um, it, it's true that if the government can tell you what you can believe, if they can coerce you to in how you serve God, then they can control all other aspects of your life. And so 
Um, you know, it's something I'm passionate about because it is our fundamental freedom. And whether it lives or dies, all other freedoms in America live or die with it. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for the work that you do. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. All right. All right. Thank you, Justin. It is vitally important for families like the ones in California and elsewhere in the country to have an experienced, successful legal organization that will come alongside them when they need help with this kind of case. If you want to see America's religious heritage upheld and defended, uh, you can make that happen by supporting First Liberty Institute. Just look for the big red give button at the top of the website. And thank you in advance from all of us. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.